Hi again, everybody, boys and girls, moms and dads. You're in the chatterbox. Colleen, we've got we've got house guests. I know. It's so exciting to have other people here. Yes. Nothing personal. It's always fun to have other Why people here. Why did she look at me that way, Art? I don't know. I don't know. Art, you're back for the fourth time. And happy to be here. Art Galoon here, present and accounted for. Many, and many, many things and to talk about. We've been trying to get Augustine Payne in here forever. Happy to be here. Thanks what, for having me. What, what did we do to get him here, Art? Did we threatened him? Or? Well, we gave him a break. He's, oh. he's For those uh, who don't know Augustine Payne, he is our new executive director, hired in November of 2021. Um, and he has understood the educational mission of Dubuque County Right to Life in a fantastic way, taking us to different uh, educational venues with different ideas, social media, but just really out there with students and community groups and don't don't go too far. We oh, yeah, we'll prayed. let him tell the In story. In the name but, of the Father, yeah. and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Amen. Remember, O most, most gracious Virgin Mary, Mary that never, never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, protection implored thy help, or sought thy intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions. But in thy mercy, mercy hear and answer me. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Augustine, I had no idea Art was president of your fan club. Yeah. <laughs> I paid him off well. He, he was just going there. Five dollars. seconds, 40 seconds, 45 seconds. Five dollars goes a lot farther than people think it does these days. <laughs> We're going to talk about legislation in um, state or federal or both? Both. And Everywhere. And we're going to talk about uh, new things over at, at uh, Dubuque County Right to Life. And then, Colleen, I don't know what we're going to talk about in segment three. But oh, we're going well, to get something there. will come we're up. Get we'll, there. We'll, we'll fill it for you. Art, you started out. We talked about uh, uh, Dobbs last year. We had some of the uh, updates in, in your first. It was, we did, evened it out about every four months you were in. And we had a good update, but uh, we haven't been in here since Dobbs. What's going on? Well, let me reacquaint your listeners a little yeah. bit with who I am at the risk of tooting my own horn so they know. I think one of the big messages of Dubuque County Right to Life, and Gus can talk more about this, is we want your listeners and the people who come to Dubuque County Right to Life for information to know that you're talking to people who have spent a great deal of time getting educated on all the issues. So for myself... Uh, I'm in my 45th year as a lawyer. Uh, Colorado legalized abortion when I was in high school. Roe v. Wade was right. when I was in college. Mm-hmm. I come from a family where the dinner table conversation was about the great issues of the day with parents encouraging us to take a stand. So I don't take credit for those roots, but that's, those are my roots. And I've been with Dubuque County Right to Life since it started. Um, in my legal career, I've represented numerous women in unintended pregnancies as their lawyer for free. So I've talked with women over decades about why they're considering abortion, trying to help them see another way, letting them know that there's lawyers out there like me, and there's a lot of other lawyers like me who will represent these women and help them through whatever they need to get help complicated Mm -hmm. by a legal system we've created. I've done numerous adoptions. I've done about a dozen international adoptions from Ecuador, China, Russia, South Korea, India. And so... I just want your listeners to know that it takes uh, effort, and it's not. I'm not complaining. We're, we make efforts, Gus and I, and all the people at Dubuque County Right to Life, and really pro-lifers like yourselves everywhere. When you get on a program like this, you want to know what you're talking about, 
and you want your listeners to be armed with information so they can leave this hour and say, oh, I, I understand what they said, and I want to go out and talk about abortion, right to life, how we help women find answers to unintended pregnancies that don't include killing their children. So that's my little spiel. Now we go. let's talk about where we are. As your listeners will remember, we had Roe v. Wade before June 24th of 2022, mm-hmm. and the week before right. that we had a constitutional decision here in Iowa in Planned Parenthood versus Reynolds that said abortion was in the Iowa Constitution. That fell. A week later, Roe fell. And since then, the states have been scrambling to a position of, I'm going to talk a little bit later, but I might as well mention it now, I think we've kind of approached an age where we're we're mirroring to a certain extent where we were with the Missouri Compromise and slavery, except the Democratic Party back in those days in the 1850s was the pro-slavery party. Now they're the pro-abortion party. The Republican Party was... You and I are the only ones that were around for the uh, compromise back then, Art. You'll have to explain that uh, compromise. Well, we'll talk a little bit about that later. But first, I want to tell you and describe for you, you know, there's an old saying, elections have consequences. So right here in Iowa, we had a 40-year Attorney General, Tom Miller. And Tom Miller was pro-abortion. There just isn't any other 40 way. years. 40 years he was attorney general. He was the longest-serving attorney general until his recent defeat last November 20, uh, 2022's election. He was replaced by a pro-life attorney general, Brenna Byrd. And as an example of what that kind of change means is in Iowa, Brenna Byrd immediately joined a federal lawsuit that's going on in the district court, federal district court in Texas to stop the FDA from doing an over-the-counter medication abortion pill that anyone can get. Mm-hmm. And the reason 20, 22 states, including Iowa and a whole host of other states, I could read in Mississippi, Alabama, Alaska, Arkansas, Florida, all have filed a friend of the court brief in this Texas case where this judge will have the power, presumably, to stop the FDA from allowing abortion drugs, baby-killing drugs, to be handed out over the counter without a doctor visit and, and a prescription, but no doctor visit, you just go to your local pharmacy, and that's another question whether pharmacies will do this. But they would they be required to do it? Uh, no. So they unless, have- unless President Biden gets his way, he's going to force everyone to participate in the chain of abortion, whether it's tax dollars or really? clinics or yeah. Oh yeah, wow. he's he's gone off the deep end. But but anyway, so Brenna Bird, Iowa would never have joined this lawsuit unless we had a pro-life governor and. and uh, uh, Governor Reynolds and Brennan Byrd. So she immediately joined this lawsuit with other pro-life attorneys general to argue that the FDA should not allow the the uh, over-the-counter abortion drugs to be mm-hmm. handed out to women and girls. And why? Because they believe the FDA has skirted around its own safety rules. And what you're going to have is, you know, they say these days 50% of the medication or the abortions are medication abortions. That means they take an abortion pill. It's a combination of two drugs, mifepristone and mistrust. I'm always mispronouncing mistoparol, and you have a dead baby at home or in a hotel room in the toilet. All alone. Yeah. Well, if you have a, a friend or a family member with you, but it's a gruesome uh, thing, uh, and uh, it should be stopped. And so Brenna Bird, for example, is in on that. In addition, there was a pro-life uh, rally February 6th down in Des Moines that Gus attended. He can talk about that if he likes, but she came and talk, spoke at that. That mm-hmm. never happened. With Tom Miller, so you're so the elections having an impact as you talked about, 
in, uh, in your educational comments in 2022. Right. And the reason it's important, I, I hold in my hand a group of prosecutors called Fair and Just Prosecution, which in my view is a misnomer. And right after the Dobbs decision came out, this came out June 24, 2022. It's about 45 prosecuting attorneys around the country who immediately said any state that passes a law or ordinance in their jurisdiction concerning the restriction of abortion, they will not prosecute. Think about that. Say that again? Any pro-life law in their jurisdiction of prosecution. And so, for example, there's a whole list. So they choose not to uphold the law that says abortion is illegal. This is before anybody has changed anything. The Dobbs case came out June 24, 2022, but because it had been leaked in the spring, all these pro-abortion prosecutors knew it was coming. So what level are they? Are these county attorneys, they're, district, they're attorneys, district attorneys, attorneys states' attorneys? Uh, well, they call them states' attorneys, for example, in Maryland. They're called district attorneys in New Mexico, Alabama, other places. Uh, states, they're, they're both states' attorneys, and here's, here's the Massachusetts attorney general joined it. Um, it's, it's all over the country. So, so just to ask a question then, what those folks are saying is, for example, in Iowa, if someone um, wants to have an abortion, because abortion's still legal in Iowa, right? Yes. Yes. Supposedly a twenty-week limit to uh, unborn babies, um, so older than twenty weeks gestation, supposedly so, can't be aborted. And we need to look that statue up because I thought it said at the end of the second trimester, which is the end of six months, and six times four is twenty-four weeks. If you look up, we need to double check that. In, I'll grab in the it. Law. I'll grab it while Gus is talking later. Yeah. But in any event, these prosecutors say we will decline to use our office's resources to criminalize reproductive health decisions. There's the old phrase, reproductive health, and commit to exercise our well-settled discretion and refrain from prosecuting those who seek, provide, or support abortions. Now, your listeners need to know the laws that are being proposed in Iowa and in in other states do not criminalize the woman who seeks or has an abortion. That's not happening. That's not where... So the mother, in all instances, is not held culpable. Correct. It's the physician who's killing her baby who's held help culpable, and, and perhaps others who assist in that where uh, protective abortion legislation has been considered and who's designed. Guilt, who's guilty in the chemical abortion trade? Well, tell me that it's the RU forty six folks that have been for decades. Developed. What about what about the uh, retail outlet? Walgreens, CVS. Well, they're going to have a decision to make. Yeah, and they're going to probably meet with protesters who will be saying you're selling baby killing uh, medication, so called medications, or or they'll be met with protesters saying you're not selling. Can a pharmacist? Say I have a conscientious objection to selling that drug over the counter. In Iowa, you can. But, th- but can that's also it. something that's in danger too, because President Biden and the pro-abortion administration, if they have their way, that'll fall by the wayside. Right now in Iowa, there's constitutional, or excuse me, there's statutory. That means laws that have been passed by the legislature and signed by the governor that are essentially conscience clauses. You can't be forced to participate in or perform an abortion. That applies also to med students in Iowa at the University of Iowa. They're encouraged by the University of Iowa to go through the abortion training. And pharmacists? Uh, pharmacists, same way. They, there's a conscious clause in Iowa that protects anyone who does not want to participate in abortion. But now that Roe has fallen, 
you're going to see a lot of pressure by the people who say you're just denying the rights of, so for example, say in New York where abortion on demand up to the moment of birth is going to be, is legal. They'll say there you have a duty to provide this so-called reproductive health care. And doctors and nurses and anesthetists and people who work in the OR and emergency rooms and other places are, are fearful that they're... So the legislation prescribes duty to provide... Well, that's following the law. The, the, the first they'll pass the pro-abortion law, yeah. and then it, they'll see how the medical community reacts to that. Right. And if they find enough people to perform abortions and kill unborn babies and harm women, then they won't worry about it too much. But if they find doctors and nurses saying, "I'm not going to do this," then they're going to start. Then they'll start to consider legislation that will force it, because. They'll say this is essential reproductive health care in the state of New York, and you've got to participate. Now, one of the things that I've heard is a lot of people going into health care, you know, going through med school or nurses training, don't want to participate in abortions. And therefore, there is a lack of abortionists available to provide abortions, which is one of the reasons why they're going to the medical abortion pill. Right. Is that right? Yeah, that's true. There's Okay. Yeah. But then, people. of course, you have people like Senator Elizabeth Warren, who wants to put mobile homes up in state, uh, or excuse me, in uh, uh, government uh, parks and government-owned land to have I mobile abortion clinics. I saw that. You know, she's kind of gone off the, the deep end. In that off the regard. reservation. Yeah. Another thing... Don't believe she said that, Augustine. <laughs> another thing that... Um, is happening is the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances Act that's been around for decades that was passed to protect so-called protect abortion clinics from uh, people harassing people going into the abortion clinics, which is a whole other story that you know most pro-lifers are out there to counsel and help women have an alternative to killing their unborn child. The Justice Department of the federal government, you may have read, has taken on a whole... Um, punitive and weird approach to this. They arrested a gentleman, I think he's father of six, Mark Houck, out in Pennsylvania. That was crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Last, so last year, 2022, or maybe it was even before that, yeah, he, he was, was charged uh, in state court with uh, assaulting a clinic, so-called clinic escort. His side of it was that the escort approached and uh, was harassing his 12-year-old son, so he physically separated him from his son. Charges were filed, later dropped because the complaining witness didn't show up. So fast forward to uh, this year, all of a sudden, I want to say in Jan- or, uh, no, it was September of 2022, he gets raided at 7 in the morning right. by about two dozen FBI agents, treating him like a terrorist. Fully armed. SWAT fully team. armed. Take him away. You can just Google Mark Howe. I think it's H-O-U-C-K. Uh, uh, the, the short version is eventually represented by lawyers from the wonderful Thomas More Society in, out of Chicago and local attorneys in Pennsylvania went through a jury trial in federal court. He could have gone to prison for 13 years, mm-hmm. found not guilty. They offered him a plea deal, did you hear and that? he wouldn't take it. Yeah. Did you hear what his wife said? No. If you take it, don't come home. <laughs> <laughs> well, well there, there's the answer to that. So, But, but doesn't that speak to it? Why would you offer a misdemeanor plea deal? plea deal to a felony 25-year sentence. They had nothing. Well, they wanted to get something on Mr. Houck, and they wanted to see if he wanted to run the risk of conviction. And the risk of conviction was real. Right. So some might say, another person might have said, I don't want to leave my family for a 13-year sentence. 
mm-hmm. I'll take the deal, even though it'll get it'll it'll look like I'm confessing to something or pleading guilty to something I didn't do because I want to avoid going to prison because my family can't take that. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure his he that's and terrorism. His, yeah. Well, he and his wife, I'm sure, had conversations with their children who were of age and could understand about the situation because the, they because the they witnessed his arrest. Yeah, the son was what twelve years old, mm-hmm. thirteen time, by yeah. now, fourteen. Yeah. A couple other things. Uh, that I want to talk about. Wisconsin tomorrow is having an election. There's, they're in contrast to our Supreme Court. So let's let's get the dates here. Today is the 20th of February. You're saying yeah. on February 21st, because yeah. this will air 24th, 4, 5, mm-hmm. and 6. By the time this airs, there will be two out of four candidates for the Wisconsin Supreme Court. Two are pro-life, two are pro-abortion, and everybody knows who they are. They're replacing, fighting to replace one justice who's retiring who is a conservative pro-life justice on the Wisconsin Supreme Court. So the four get narrowed down to two tomorrow. In a primary. In a primary. And then I think it's April 24th, there's a general election with just two candidates. And so they have seven members of the Wisconsin Supreme Court right now. It's a four to three pro-life balance. Very important because Wisconsin, like other states, are going to have laws to consider. This is big. So So in Wisconsin, didn't they, after Dobbs passed and said the decision would go back to the state's wasn't Wisconsin one of those states that still had on their books that abortions totally outlawed the laws from the 1800s? Or? 1849, they had a law from 1849 that's in the courts now being debated, and that so that will come before the Wisconsin Supreme Court, and so it's very important who's on that court. Mm-hmm. But uh, And then one other thing I'll offer. On you got the, 30 seconds to right. the break. We'll carry you over. The, Go. the legal landscape is another consequence of elections. There's a, a gentleman named Mark Robinson, who was elected the first African-American lieutenant governor of the state of North Carolina. He participated in their pro-life rally January of 2023. He comes from a family of 10, and he talked about the analogy between slavery and abortion. Mm -hmm. And you're going to hear this more now because there, there are so many similarities between the fight, the abolitionists' fight for slavery. Right. And, and the fight of the pro-slavery versus the anti-slavery folks back before the Civil War and after the Civil War was simply this. We can't tolerate slavery. You can't excuse slavery by saying, well, we'll be nice to the slaves. We won't separate families. We might even give them a little spending money. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. Owning someone else and beating them and, and, and condemning them to slavery and lack of freedom was wrong. It was just wrong. In the same way, Many are saying in, in this... Uh, uh, the parallels are striking. Lieutenant Governor, Governor um, Mark Robinson of North Carolina is, is one among others who's saying this is just like the battle against slavery. Like all or nothing, right? Yes, and the all or nothing means that, that so for example, without getting too much into history, the Northerners who were anti-slavery, they got their cotton and their clothing from the South. So, right. So... They had to be, you know, in for a penny, in for a pound. And I think the similarity there is for us pro-lifers, and we're doing this and have for decades and years, we're willing to pay the price. Abortion is wrong, should be illegal, and the flip side of that is we have to make abortion unthinkable, and that means removing the reasons women seek abortion. We'll talk so more that, about that after the break. we got to carry over on that thought. Art Galoon's in the house along with Augustine Payne, who we'll talk more in segment two. On your pro-life radio station, this is FM 98.3 KCRD.
We're back in the chatterbox, Colleen. Well, we got a good uh, legislation update. Always a lot of good information from the attorney, Esquire, or Galoon. Esquire, is that right? That's that's a descriptive term that okay. yeah. fashioned itself Rather sometime in the mid- medieval, long, medieval old, well, times. old common law, yeah, I want to say. Exactly. Okay. The Esquire is logging on. Augustine, what's new at Dubuque County Right to Life? Yeah, so I just wanted to uh, recap some of the things we've been involved in lately and one of the main things was the March for Life. We went to the National March for Life with, uh, we took a busload of people, 18 hours, all the way to D.C., uh, bus about 50 people, and um, it was a great trip. More people than I expected in the sense of, like, post-row. Never knew if people were going to still consider to be active. Even. Right. So how are the crowds out in D.C.? Because this was the first time that you say post-row. Yeah. And they used to be, oh, my gosh, the crowds are amazing. So how were they this year? Molly and I, my wife, Molly, and I thought that they were better than last year. Oh. And um, last wow. year, last year they're still trying to recover from COVID. Mm. And so, um, so that was... I, we thought it was a positive. So what are we talking? Tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands. LifeSite News said estimated about a hundred thousand. Wow. Um, but there's still, like I said, it still felt like a decent size. I've been there when they estimated five hundred thousand, so it mm-hmm. definitely wasn't anywhere near that. Mm-hmm. But it was still, uh, I thought, a great crowd. Good. Um, and some of the impact statements that came from people who went on our trip were awesome because some of the kids, they're like, I saw people my age involved i saw people excited to be there i saw people what is your age by the way since art and i are there. <laughs> <laughs> that was more of the high schoolers <laughs> uh, remember no. when you were the young face in the crowd uh, protesting art no i don't i'm too old <laughs> <laughs> but usually you take eighth graders on the trip and that's a great time to get kids going on that trip before they get to high school and they really see um you know what abortion is because we don't always see what abortion is and that is one of the things that i thought about when art was talking about the comparison between slavery and abortion and the um importance that the pictures um were for that fight against slavery one of the thoughts i had colleen when art was talking early on was was you know the narrative's been going on for 50 years don't people get it but isn't it true every year there's a new generation of people that are hearing the arguments call them lies the Mm -hmm. lies for the first time and that needs to be combated and isn't that Mm -hmm. why dubuque county right to life exists and you and i talked before you left for uh, washington on the educational items you were working on yeah yeah and one of those big things is the equip for life course um that we're doing to present um bring what is that called again? Equipped for Life course. Okay. And Eagle Rights Institute, a great nonprofit who I recommend following, um, is their goal is basically to equip pro-lifers to be better conversationalists with those who disagree with them. And they do that through podcasts, YouTube videos, blog posts. But they created this seminar. They, they created this program, this course. Um, it's 10 modules long, six hours of videos that wow. I've been working my way through. And I have found it very beneficial in my conversations with people who disagree with me. Um, so what's going on? You're, you're presenting those over at the office? Yeah, so I'm taking some of their ma- key points, main ideas, and presenting it to the, our, some of our members. We have about 30 members signed up Great. through all the wow. tracks. 
That's wow. great. All three different tracks. So we offer at three different times to try and encompass a, a large audience in the sense of uh, accommodate people's schedules because we all know people are busy these days. And mm-hmm. um, we try to restrict our ses- sessions to about an hour. And the goals are to present the information, um, to discuss it, because sometimes things aren't clear. Mm-hmm. Um, so discuss it amongst a friendly audience and then also to practice it because practicing it, practicing first it's internalizing the information, but then practicing. So you're doing, you're the, doing some role playing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Speaking the information is a whole nother step. So, mm-hmm. and this um, is over at the office. Yeah. So two of them are in the office and one of them's online. I'm um, guessing, mm-hmm. I'm just guessing that tens of thousands of people, cause they just did a traffic count uh, released in the paper on another subject. Asbury and Carter is how many people drive by there do you think and don't even know the office is there got to be a lot yeah yeah and I think some of it's also the placement of our sign there's some there's some shrubbery in the um uh, and it's just it's a great location it's mm-hmm. a busy it's a busy road mm-hmm. so um, we're at we're at Asbury and Carter Road in the northwest corner Tom you might know that it's just before the Lux Club if that's your marker well, if you're coming on Asbury that way. It could be just after the <laughs> Lux Club, <laughs> Dep- depending on from whence what when it comes. Here. Yeah, yeah but, right across the street from the Sisters of the Presentation. Mm-hmm. Right. But to get back to the course, I can see people taking it so that they would know how to just talk with their own family members. I think sometimes people are thinking, well, I'm never going to get up and be in a debate, a pro-life debate, but how do I talk to my sister-in-law Yeah. You know, or yeah. my son-in-law? Yeah. So, and that so much, be. so much of this course is focused on personal dialogues. As um, Josh, who does a lot of the videos, did a lot of the creation of the content, would say, "These are not debate tips. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't go sharing all your information with your your debate partner. Mm-hmm. Be like, hey, I'm going to bring up these points. We'll see what you bring up.' But those can be <laughs> tough conversations, Colleen. They and can the be family. very, very tough. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, the first two lessons are are. Um, first two modules that we cover more or less in one week are some of the things that we do poorly and effectively mm-hmm. and things that are just good dialogue tips that mm-hmm. um what would be an example of things we do poorly things we do poorly can sometimes mean we and i think it's on both sides of the issue um we can assume we know what they're talking about when they see say simple slogans so for example um my body my choice or mm-hmm. i'm pro-choice well, pro-choice, saying you're pro-choice can have a variety of different meanings. So one of the things we can do better is ask clarification questions. Tr- try to understand their point of view, and that way we'll be able to better respond because we understand their point of view, and we're trying to understand where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, and in asking questions, sometimes they start questioning their own view because maybe you're bringing up questions nobody ever asked them before. Mm-hmm. So, and they're just repeating these catchphrases that they've heard that they've never really thought about. Correct. Yeah. yeah. I even had somebody call our office once who was a little bit upset about uh, one of our our fifth grade poster contests we were doing, but um, they didn't want to have the conversation with their daughter. But at the same time, um, the moral of the story for today is she was upset about our position on the pro life issue and even on assisted suicide. And by asking some clarification questions, I was able to have a, we had a 15 minute conversation. She called on an anonymous caller. So I knew she was intentional about blocking her number Mm -hmm. and she didn't Mm -hmm. want to be known. And we had a great conversation and um, just asking some of the clarification questions, answering some of the issues that she had with our cause 
that was more or less reiterating she was more or less i guess reiterating what some of the popular media sources put out there mm -hmm. and that's the thing we're dealing with trying to mm -hmm. trying to correct people's um thoughts on who we are mm -hmm. um when the popular media is not displaying it correctly mm -hmm. so anyways we conclude our conversation by saying oh all right, you, you gave me some things to think about, and um, thank you for your time. And mm. I said, yeah, feel free to call our office, because I know once we start wrestling with it, more questions come up like anything that we're trying so, to consider. So uh, mm -hmm. as an outcome of that conversation, using some of these questioning techniques, uh, you, you diffused the conversation, was less heated, and, and this person um, admitted that she had some concepts or ideas that were first-time ideas with her? Yeah, yeah. It's, it seemed like it was bringing up new information to her, things to think about. Wow. Um, yeah, and some of it was just the first two or three lessons on what we're talking about in this course. And that's huge progress because it's such a top hot topic that sometimes as soon as it comes up, people just shut down mm -hmm. and don't want to talk or their emotions instantly get heated so to have a 15-minute conversation is real progress yeah yeah and a little bit on that note we um just recently went to loris college to do a tabling event with the Duhawks for life and we did a poll table and that's p-o-l-l so basically asking the question should abortion remain legal mm -hmm. um we had a yes no and it depends and we had nothing else on the table in the sense of like you would never guess if we were pro-life or pro-abortion mm -hmm. or where we were on the spectrum mm -hmm. but our our whole mission in having this table was to promote dialogue, and we were open about that. Mm -hmm. um, give people the voice, their opinion, um, and then if they're open to dialogue, we're here to have it. And so uh, the hour and a half that we were there, I probably spent about a minute of downtime. Otherwise, it was just constant conversations. I probably talked to about five or six people, so give or take, they're probably averaging about seven to ten minutes. Mm -hmm. um, so, Gus, tell them where you were. At Loris College. Yeah, is that right in front of the cafeteria? Um, that's okay. where they do their tabling, right next to the cafeteria. So people were, it was around 11 a.m., people were coming in to swipe their lunch cards. So perfect timing. Mm -hmm. um, and so some of them had a, um, some of them had a, a decent line. So there was some time to come and vote. And, you know, if they wanted to stick around and chat, we were there. Um, so I did that with three Loris students, which was a great time. Um, and like I said, I talked to the other Laura students. Total, we probably talked to about 15 pro-choice people that day, hmm. um, just in an hour and a half. And the three Laura students you mentioned were with Duhawks for Life? Correct, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, Duhawks for Life. And two of them were actually on our March for Life. Two of the oh. students came with us on the March for Life, and we were just talking about ways to get involved. So we thought doing a poll table and just having discussions with people. And once again, some of these people – Things they never thought of before. Mm -hmm. um, we had a guy advocating. That, for that just blows me away, Augustine. The, the comment you made right now, but then uh, five minutes ago, that you're talking to people and their initial conversation, their their arguments or apologetics aren't really their own, but they're parroting what they've heard on media. Yeah. And when you get them talking about it, they they really haven't thought it through. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we blows me away, Mark. Just blows me away. <laughs> I mean, if you want something, I think this is probably the greatest example of being blown away about people and their beliefs is that we had a guy who put yes on um, whether abortion should remain legal. So he was in support of abortion. And then he more or less opened up to me. He waited to talk to me because I was talking to somebody else, um, kind of listening in to our conversation. But anyways, he 
said he was on the autism spectrum, but he was in support of abortion. But at the same time, he also advocated for disability rights. And so then we got in a little bit of a conversation about how some people are recommended abortions just based on a simple prenatal diagnosis that might even relieve itself or fix itself in the womb or even shortly after just based on a disability. People are being, you know, preborn human beings are being killed. And so they're being screened genetically in some way in, in utero? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. There, there's an option for a test. My wife was given that option too. And it's like, well, if we, if the only result is whether we're going to abort or not, why do we need to take this test? So, and I think they are required to offer that test to every, every mom. So to go back to that man, did he then understand about if abortion's legal, then uh, people with disabilities that he's advocating for are at risk of being killed? Could, did he get that connection? Yeah. No, I think, I, I think he was highly intelligent, even though he said he was on the autism spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, what was his response at that point? He said it was something he had to, you know, think about and reckon with. And he took our brochure and our brochure that we are handing out that Equal Rights Institute does has some um, facts about the preborn development. And then also in the later pages, it has the pictures of abortion. Mm-hmm. And we were, we were up front with all of our people who are coming to our table that we are handing the brochure to um, that there are abortion graphic photos in there. Mm-hmm. And all but one took, took, a, took a brochure. So... It was met with open arms. I so, just I just handed Colleen a copy of that brochure that Augustine's referring to, and we have those available at the Dubuque County Right to Life. So office. give us give us the name of that group again. It's Equal Right Equal Rights Equal Rights Institute. Rights Institute. What yeah. is it? Dot org. Com. Um, I think it's dot org. Or dot com. Oh, okay. Equal Rights Institute. Dot com. Mm-hmm. Go online or. Why not stop up at Carter and Asbury? Twenty two oh five. You you take uh, walk ins. You you yeah. guys are open mm-hmm. all day. What are the hours over there at the shop? Yeah, nine a.m. to four p.m. Monday through Friday. We'll be there, and sometimes beyond those hours, just call. <laughs> there we go. Tom Gus might talk a little bit about a recent high school uh, here locally that had a J term or a January term dedicated two weeks dedicated to instruction on abortion law in the U.S. and uh, what it's all about and 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 convince trying to convince the students uh, or enlighten them on why they should be pro-life go ahead Gus. yeah so that was i don't know if you mentioned that it's at wall it was at wallert um wallert catholic high school here in town in dubuque and uh they did a two-week j-term class um five to six hours a day they're talking or learning something about in regards to the topic of abortion it was a great um collaboration with uh clarity clinic birthright I think Mary's Inn. They mm-hmm. went to Mary's Inn. They toured Mary's Inn. Yeah, yeah. really. Yeah, and they went to spend a day at Clarity Clinic to see it in person. So not only were they learning about the resources that they had available, they were witnessing the resources they had mm-hmm. available. And I think that is just fascinating. Yeah, and that just helps ingrain it into their minds that mm-hmm. there's resources available, there's help available for these women. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also did a couple of days of apologetics at the office, which was good. Just get them, you know, trying to defend, trying to. Um, trying to basically make their case for pro-life cause. And so mm-hmm. um, overall, a great class. Um, it was led by Ruth Carlson and Father Andy, mm-hmm. um, Father Andy from Nativity Parish. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, and then our, our esteemed guest here, or no, I shouldn't say my guest, but my, <laughs> my co, co-guest. Did you have a clerk, Art? 
have what? <laughs> a clerk. Did you get somebody to clerk for you while you were doing Supreme Court stuff? No, I. Uh, but <laughs> as to this J-term class, as Gus said, it was about 15 students. And uh, the difference for them was they were in the same room every day, except for breaks, for six hours, learning about right-to-life abortion, positive pro-life answers to crisis pregnancies. And at the end, uh, Gus can share a couple of things the students did afterwards that were very meaningful in terms of um, the message and how they as young people could participate in the pro-life movement to try to help women in unintended pregnancies and to get the message out about life before birth. What a marvelous uh, idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, no, there was, a, there was, I mean, one of the things I was, I was blown away by was the St. Comkill's, um, the St. Comkill's bulletin insert that a couple of students who were attending St. Comkill's put in their book. They gave it to the rectory and asked them to put in the bulletin, which they did. Um, and that had everything from the resources that were available to um, ways and people and Father uh, Tom McDermott, who's available for those who have had a previous abortion or experience with abortion. So this covered a wide spectrum, not just the resources available for pregnant moms, but also the help that's available for those who have experienced the trauma of abortion or been involved in it. That's great. I don't know if you are familiar with Jason Jones. He's mm-hmm. I love Jason Jones, mm-hmm. and he's been to Dubuque to talk, but he is on fire for pro-life. And when he was in college... Um, he made it his goal to every class bring up abortion. Mm. And I'm wondering if that's something that the kids that just went through J-term might think as they go through school. But every class, he would bring up abortion, whether it was math class or anything. And finally, when he brought it up one time, a couple girls sitting in the back row were like, would you just shut up? You bring that up all the time. And he said, I will not bring it up again if you two promise me that you will never have an abortion Fine, we promise. Just stop talking about that. Two years later, he was walking down the street, and one of the girls stopped him and said, Hey, Jason. And she had a two-year-old with her. And she pointed to the two-year-old, and she said, Here's your promise. Mm. Shortly after that happened in class, I became pregnant. And I was pressured to abort, and I thought, No, I just promised that I wouldn't have an abortion. So they can make a difference just in their classes. Well, and on that note, one of the things that think the whole message to these students was in in part was this you may encounter or yourself encounter a friend or an acquaintance who has an unintended pregnancy you yourself may have that and if particularly if a friend or acquaintance shares with you that she or he are involved in an unintended pregnancy the first words out of your mouth are going to go a long way toward determining what this person does because they've come to you because they're going to you're going to share your judgment with them about what they might do. And part of the the purpose for the course was for them to be able to greet that person and say, you have another, you have an unborn human being, a preborn person in you. Here's what I know. And in this two-week course, they got to see young Augustine Payne talk about apologetics. They got to meet people who had had abortions. They got to meet people at birthright who help women they got meet people from uh, know about Clarity Clinic and uh, Mary's Inn and all the help that's available. And so our message to them was be part of the pro-life movement that helps women and girls and, and couples in unintended pregnancies so that we can remove the reason for abortion and let them know that anything they need will, will get to them. There's help out there, and they don't have to feel alone, and they don't have to feel like so many women tell us. Carry, I felt like I had no choice. That'll lead us into the moms. Yeah. We're going to carry that over into segment three. 
We're, we're going to be a 70-minute hour today. <laughs> You're listening to Dubuque's Pro-Life Radio Station, FM 98.3 KCRD, and the KCRD mobile app. We'll be right back. Hi again, everybody. We're back in the um, in the studios. Art Galoon's with us. Augustine Payne, Dubuque County, Right to Life, and uh, we got to do a commercial here, Colin. I know it's it's such an informative show. I hate to kind of break it up and throw this commercial in, but it's important. It sure is. Wednesday, March fifteenth, we're going to the Grand River Center. Guess who? Terry and Jesse. Yeah. Can't wait. Every Monday through Friday. Terry and Jesse. This is Terry Barber, Jesse Romero. It's the Terry and Jesse show, and it's uh, Monday through Friday at two o'clock. Tickets are on sale now. Go to kcrd-fm.org. If you have difficulty or you just want to talk, five six three two three one three five four five. We get people that say, "I could order, but I haven't talked to you in a while." Five six three two three one three five four five is ticket customer service. It's a voicemail. But uh, we'll get back to you within um, 12 or 24 hours. And yeah. it's our spring pledge drive, it's so we need we need some... Uh, we do. We need some funds. <clears throat> but I do, I hear the commercial advertised, and it says the topic is the nuns. And in Dubuque, whenever I hear the word nuns, I think women religious. But that's not what he's going to talk about. Well, I'm glad you're bringing about. this up, because I think you were the contributing editor to was I? making the title. Oh, was I? You and Dick. Well, I guess it looks different on paper than when you're N-O-N-E-S. Like, as in how much faith do you have? None. Well, wh- that kind of Here's the background where it came from. Hmm. It's it's surveys. Yes, that's right. What is your, poli- what is your religious affiliation? Not mm-hmm. political. What is your religious affiliation? And there's several boxes, and the last box is none. You yes. are not religiously affiliated. This is the largest religious affiliation that has no affiliation, Mm -hmm. the nuns, Mm -hmm. and many of them are cradle-baptized Catholics Mm -hmm. that have walked away from their faith. So glad we talked about that. Yeah, and they're in every family. They sure are. So Terry and Jesse coming in Wednesday the 15th. We're going to open up at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. We're going to have rosary. We'll have some some good dinner. Mm -hmm. And Terry and Jesse at 7. Good stuff going on. Great people. Art, you going to have a table? Uh, I don't know what Just I'm doing. Just say yes. I yes, yes. Six ta- 16 tables for me. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow. You're asking me about like... Augustine, yeah. get him a table. All right. All right. What else on Terry and Jesse? That's about it. That's about it. All right. There's still so much pro-life stuff to talk about. What's this mom's thing going on? Well, before I jump to that, Colleen had a question earlier off air about Iowa's feticide law. That is the prohibition against killing unborn children. You found it's, it? Uh, well, I found the answer. The okay. question was whether Iowa has a 20-week law or 22 weeks. And it's a 20-week law because it's measured 20 weeks post-fertilization as opposed to the longer period of time when the woman would have missed her last menstrual period, which is approximately 22 weeks. So they call it a 20-week prohibition or protection for unborn in Iowa. Okay. So this, the thing that I'm reading that says the end of the second trimester, they start counting it different? Yes. Is they count twenty, roughly, that would be 22 weeks after the last menstrual period. Okay. Okay. Thank you. So you're welcome. That's what I'm here for. I'm a lawyer. I'm supposed to know that stuff. Now, I'll, get, I'll get a bill. Yeah. <laughs> I'll send it to Gus. 
So the moms, more options for maternal support. Iowa had last year in 2022 passed in their omnibus bill funding for more options for maternal support. And we've talked about this before right, on the show, right. and, and we try to put information about this in our Right to Life newsletter and in the uh, Bellowing Ox for uh, KCRD. And the short version is, this is money to go to women in unintended pregnancies, and I'll just read part of the list. And it's up to one year following a child's birth. Uh, There are items which are supportive of the pregnancy and childbirth, cribs, car seats, clothing, diapers, formula, safety, other safety devices, healthcare benefits, educational benefits, pregnancy tests, ultrasound services, counseling, mentoring, educational information, classes, on and on and on. And it was modeled after a Texas law when Texas passed their heartbeat bill and all the pro-abortion people went crazy and said, oh, you can't do that and you shouldn't do that. Well, Texas passed and funded a similar provision as part of their heartbeat bill to the tune of $110 million. Wow. I guess everything's bigger in Texas. Wow. Iowa last year started our mom's program with $500,000, which is just about enough to get an office and someone to run it. So as we sit here, not a dime has gone to help women in unattended pregnancies here in Iowa. Now, the governor in her State of the Union message in January advocated for an additional $1.5 million or a total of $2 million or $2 million additional dollars, you know, give or take, to start funding this thing. And that is currently in the Iowa legislature, a Senate study bill, 1139. It just got passed out of committee or subcommittee. And so... That is a good thing to support, and we would encourage your listeners to contact their legislators. And if they don't know who that is, just Google iowalegislature.com, and you can get emails and phone numbers and all of that. One other thing that I think should be supported is that, uh, and I know the Iowa Conference, Catholic Conference is supportive of both the Moms Bill and the um, what I'm going to talk about now, but uh, it's my understanding that in Iowa, Medicaid postpartum coverage is only for two months post-birth. Mm. And there's a movement that, that pro-lifers should support to have that extended for a year, at mm-hmm. least a year. Mm-hmm. You know, the Clarity Clinic, for example, here in Dubuque, when they work with women in unattended and crisis pregnancies, they follow women for six years. Mm. Six years mm. to make sure that they're taken care of and, and working toward the goals that they've established to hopefully have their child and give life to that child instead of killing that child. But in contrast to people who... Uh, and I always think of this uh, after the Dobbs decision came out and Roe v. Wade fell by the wayside, some of the left-wing media went out of their way to find situations where they deemed it would be so catastrophic for women. Women would have to travel. So I remember this news reporter was interviewing and riding in a car with a woman who was transporting women to get abortions Mm -hmm. across state lines. And she was being portrayed as doing all this wonderful work for these women. And, And so... They didn't show any of the women, but on a return trip, so they return trip, reporters in the front passenger seat, drivers driving the car, both women, and she's talking about, well, who was this last woman you took 300 miles to get an abortion? Oh, boy, she just, you know, she had other children. She couldn't afford this child. She had bills to pay and things like that. And you know what? So this woman drove her to get the abortion, and what did she do for her after that? to address the issues that drove that woman to kill her unborn child and to think there's no other answer for me than to kill my baby. They didn't do anything. The mom's bill in Iowa and others like it all over the country are the pro-life people's answer to that question. We're going to help you when you're in your unintended pregnancy and afterwards. 
and give you a reason to give life and give you a reason to understand that there's people out there that really want to help you, not just hand you $400 in a car ride to kill your baby. Mm-hmm. And long term, isn't that something we should foster? And in Iowa, I have a copy of the Mom's Bill here, and it talks about, and we as a people in Iowa and other states, we can make this decision. You know how we make it? Right now, we have a supermajority of Republicans, and I'm not saying Republicans are better than Democrats, but I'm saying on the life issue they are because Republicans aren't voting to kill babies, okay? So in Iowa, we have a supermajority of Republicans in the House and the Senate and a pro-life governor. And they passed this. They taught Pregnancy Support Services, which is the MOM Act, is in Iowa because they've made a legislative decision on behalf of the people who elected them to say, we are going to, to vote and consider that giving birth to your child is better than killing your child. And now, as it expands to the whole country, the Dobbs case has said that decision can be made by the states. So Augustine Payne's work as our executive director and all the members of Dubuque County Right to Life and all your listeners, our job is really just starting. Just beginning. And so similarly, when uh, President Lincoln you know, issued the Emancipation Proclamation in 1863, that was just the start. Mm-hmm. You know, that was in the middle of the Civil War. And, and after that, all the work still needed to be done to eradicate slavery and then deal with post-slavery, the post-slavery consequences, which was 100 years of discrimination, you know, against African Americans. And so now we're in a similar situation where states have to decide for themselves, barring a, our pro-abortion president from just trying to pass, you know, federal legislation that would codify Roe v. Wade and make killing babies before they're born the law of the land. Fortunately, the Republicans took the House back, so that presumably wouldn't ever send a pro-abortion federal bill to his desk. But so state to state, we have to have pro-life people tell their representatives and senators and legislators, legislators, we want this kind of action. The right hand is going to stop the baby killing. The left hand is going to say to the women who are considering having abortions, we are here to help you long-term, short-term, and in between. What do you need? The college student who's afraid she can't afford her education, can't find a place to live, come to Mary's Inn or to some family here in Dubuque that would take her. Jim Harbaugh, the Michigan coach, gave a pro-life talk this past in the fall of 22 at a, at a, in Plymouth, Michigan. He mm-hmm. and his wife went to a dinner and talked about how pro-life he was, and he took a lot of grief over that. Yes, he did. Yeah, and after that he said, look— He said, I'm not going to take back what I said. I don't believe in abortion. And if there's somebody out there that can't have their baby, we'll adopt. My wife and I'll adopt that baby. Wow. You believe that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. But we need people in positions of celebrity or in public figures. We need more of them to step up and say that so that the person that Augustine meets in the Loris College outside the cafeteria or who walks in our office to be kind of right to life understands that it should be and it's, it's morally better it's uh, scientifically more rational to say, gee, we all once were unborn people, and here's how we started at fertilization. Every one of us. Every one of us. That's what's so astounding to me. We're the only species on the face of the earth that kill our own before they're born. It's just so unnatural. And we just fight to, you know, the pro-abortion. Hit, hit, hit the rewind button about the uh, car, car trip, the return trip with a reporter in there. 
Say again what you said just in passing, that the pro-life people are here to bring your child into the, into the world and support you afterwards, but say what you said about the woman who provided transportation to the abortion and then abandoned that woman. Well, the reporter missed that point. The, report, the reporter's segment was on the so-called good work this driver was doing to get women to their abortions, who couldn't, right. who she said couldn't get there otherwise. Instead of exploring the idea two, twofold, what could we do before we drive that woman? Let's start with the gas money. Let's give her the gas mm-hmm. money to pay her rent. Let's help her get a job if she doesn't have one. Let's help her find childcare if that's her concern in having this child. Let's help her pay rent. Let's do all those things. And, and while we're on that, you know, uh, uh, on a national level, we don't have any national program like we do against suicide. There's a new suicide hotline. The Federal Communications uh, Office right, right. mandates, I think it's 988. For If you're thinking about committing suicide, call this number. You're going to refer to counseling. But not for abortion? But not, not for help. No. So why not? And, and there's also uh, domestic abuse. There's hotlines for domestic abuse. Abuse. Why not have a national hotline begins with a number nine where people can call and the federal government, instead of spending money to find mobile abortion clinics like Elizabeth Warren wants and sending them all over to the national parks, spend some of that money so that any woman anywhere or man or couple in an unattended pregnancy can pick up the phone and call a number and say, I need help and I'm in Poughkeepsie, New York. Where do I get it? Wouldn't that be something? And the state of New York, you know, New York would fund it. The federal government would fund it. Why not? Bring, bring that local, though. If somebody's here local, they call Dubuque County Right to Life, Mark? The, if they call Dubuque County Right to Life, if they need help, we will find help for them. It's not three digits. What's the number? Well, it's 556-5960. 563-556-5960. Five, five, so you were just testing me, weren't you? I didn't know if I knew the number. 556 5960 I knew he knew it 45 years ago. 5960. <laughs> Gus, reach over and tap him. So... But but we would if they need if we can help them and we have helped them you know people don't understand when when the when uh, what used to be Central High School wanted to start a, a daycare program for their pregnant students who had babies we funded that yes because the Dubuque Community School District wouldn't or couldn't or didn't have the funds to do that so Dubuque County stepped up Dubuque yes. County right to life yeah, and we were happy to do that and and we found homes for um, uh, we've had board members take in so I'm going to put you on just to make the point more sharp for the people that are listening. If, if anybody listening, man, woman, boy, girl, they need help, they can call Dubuque County Right to Life. If they can't keep their child, they want to put it up for adoption. You're, we'll help. Whole, and we'll, we'll refer them to services that help them with that. If they need a free lawyer, they'll find one in either yours truly or somebody else. If they need a place to live, we'll refer them to Colleen Pasnick and the folks at Mary's Inn. We refer them to Birthright, Clarity Clinic. We all, we all work hand in hand. We all know each other. Birthright, Clarity Clinic, Mary's Inn, Dubuque County Right to Life, and any other Everybody's pro- on board. Everybody's working together for the same goal. There's no jealousy. There's no pride of ownership. We all have the same goal. And it continues after birth and, and infancy yes. and toddlers and all of that. Yes. We've actually had a few people contact our office who have had kids. They're already born. Um, one of them was a grandma inheriting her kid. You know, she's taken in her grandkids unexpectedly, had no baby clothes or anything else. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, we just reach out to our membership and, hey, we have this, we have this need. Anyone have 
available resources, and normally there's people stepping up to the plate. Mm-hmm. So, well, yeah, our, anything. Our, our, we've done it again. We've uh, burned another episode. Oh, oh no. You Gus, got more? Gus, and, Gus has been here, too. He takes some of the blame for burning this episode. <laughs> and Colleen, she's always, you never, oh, yeah, blame, you never blame Colleen. Yeah. <laughs> but but I want, just, I'll let you close, Tom. But it's great to have Gus here. I want to give him uh, a, a proper uh, respect. And what's due to him, he has, he has breathed new life into Dubuque County Right to Life. Every, the, our board loves Gus and our membership. The people that give us money to do our work, they know Gus' pain. And he's out there doing that good work and doing nothing but uh, enhancing the reputation of Dubuque County Right to Life of what we want to be. We want to be the premier educational organization in the area, as far as my voice can travel and beyond. And... Uh, he's doing that, and so are the people in his in his office that work with him, and we're very proud of that. And uh, we want to continue that work, and like I say, work hand-in-hand with Mary's Inn and Clarity Clinic and Birthright and any other pro-life organization that understands there's a positive pro-life answer to a crisis pregnancy or an unintended pregnancy that does not include killing the child, and it doesn't include harming the mother from abortion. And that's the message we want to get out there, and there's help. That's Art Galoon with Dubuque County Right to Life. Augustine Payne's in the house. Colleen? I'm always here. You're in there. Let's end with a uh, prayer for all the little ones. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to, to the, the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, Spirit as it was in the beginning, beginning is now, now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. Episode 77 of The Chatter has come to an end. Tune in again next week. We love you. <laughs>